Welcome to Masters of Clyde. Hello. Masters of Clyde. Yeah. Hello. It's me. Is it you? It's me. Were you looking for me? I'll be honest, um, I forgot about this. I thought it was going to be later on. I thought it was going to be two minutes to midnight, but we're usually rocking and rolling, and then it wasn't. Do you want to change it to two minutes to midnight and not really call this a show because no one's listening? No, we're here now. We are. We are here. Right here. Another episode of Mrs. Clyde. Mrs. Clyde. Mrs. Clyde. Mrs. Clyde. Nailed it. That is that. Yep. Um, and we wrote it ourselves. We did, I. I was just putting stuff on about our giveaway. We've got a big exciting giveaway coming on Saturday. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to the whole thing. Like, I enjoy just getting things and like looking. It's helped me look and know more businesses in Greenock, which I didn't actually know. And I think people are going to see like how good the stuff is. It's like made in Greenock and like it because my hope is like they see how good it is and they'll like order it themselves and share it and stuff. And it's good for the businesses as well because this year sucked and people been trying to like do their business, so it's good. Just let them do their business. I'm looking. Look, I'm honestly a fan of that coffee. Anyway, the Greenock Coffee Club is something that I. The Clyde Coffee I'm, Club. Clyde Coffee Club. I'm very sorry. I'm very the sorry. Clyde, for the run. The Clyde Coffee Club is going to be one of the prizes we've got for this Saturday for the giveaway. So get on Instagram at Mouth of the Clyde and enter that, and you can win like hundreds of stuff, over 150 quid worth of stuff we've got in this box. And we've paid for it. It's not free stuff. Like well, we have had some. Over. We've had some donations. Waterfront Cinema and Belleville Community Gardens have kindly donated some stuff, but the rest of it we're um, paying for out of our broke student pockets. And that's we're good people, or sort of people. Yeah. We're all right. Probably. <laughs> we're better we're than people right. saw on our street tonight. Do you want to tell us about the drama that happened on West Stewart Street this evening? Well, we were. I was sitting just watching the TV beat or listening to my Will Smith records sitting in the house and I heard some people commotion outside. So I, I have a big glass window, as most people do, but mine opens up like a big, I've got a wee balcony. So I went out and looked and there were a bunch of Neds, probably either teenage to early 20s. And there was just one guy shouting and bawling and he was trying to kick off windows or windscreens, not windscreens, like mirrors of cars. Wing mirrors. Wing mirrors. Wing mirrors of cars. You mm-hmm. can't kick windows and stuff like that. And usually you would see these people coming back from a pub or something like that. So you just walking about the streets, getting steaming. It's just... So if you've got a child called Aiden and he was out tonight wearing a blue shirt, you should maybe question him and see if he's got a broken leg in the morning. Because he was fully going at that car. Like um, He's not going to feel good in the morning. That's going to hurt. Because he went to try to like kick it in the sky, but he just went straight on his back and just bounced back up. Where that's not going to feel good. And the last it was wearing was just knocking fucking sixty shades of shit right out of him. Like he was hitting her back, but she was belting him like she was not having it. I'm more frightened of women under five fives than I'm a a guy over six foot. You know that. Well, that's life experience for you. It's probably why. <laughs> I'm more frightened of uh, clogs and slippers than I am knives. Also, on that. Probably not. So. Um, just to get it started off, since we're talking about our giveaway and all that sort of stuff, um, there's like a few things <clears throat> that I just wanted to start off with today. 
Um, one of them being, of course, we're sponsor at Inverclyde Boiler Company. We want to thank them again for sponsoring us. Um, if you want to get in contact with them, they're on Instagram at the Inverclyde Boiler Company. Um, and they've got their new showroom at 1A Orangefield Place in Greenock. And that's up at where? Can you explain again? Because I'm disoriented. It's right beside the Willow Bar. Beside the Willow Just, Bar? Yep. Beside the Willow Bar, along from, like, if you were straight coming along from Luigi's, because I'm, I'm pointing out other places, beside Balbop Shop. Mm-hmm. What, what is the actual Balbop Field name of the shop? It's some, I know it's Welly Stores, but that one's not Welly Stores, but you know what I, I mean? I don't know. But people in Greenock know where you are anyway. Um, but Inverclyde Boiler Company, they're rated five star on Trustpilot. Very hard working. They work seven days a week, 12 hour shifts sometimes. They've worked all through the pandemic, it's, you know, according to restrictions and all that sort of stuff, still doing boiler installation and, and repairs and all that sort of stuff. Really good company, locally based. And they've recently, I mean, we tried to explain this the other day, but we're not technically minded on this. So for more information, obviously go to their Instagram or website. Um, but they've got off tech registrations, OFTEC. <clears throat> what that involves is there's a vetting process, there's interviews and references. They have to, do a site assessment all that sort of stuff it's a really complicated thing to get but um that's sort of say, similar to the gas safety register the off tech plays a crucial role in raising the heating and efficiency standards for the uk heating industry so it's making sure that the right proper qualified people are in installing things for you make sure everything's going to be safe and as it should be and not only are these nice friendly people that you know, can be trusted when they're at your house and stuff but they have got the qualifications to back that up as well so um, Shane's a lovely guy, runs Inverclyde Boiler Company. You can find him, uh, as I said, on Instagram or um, info at the Inverclyde Boiler Company. is his email. His phone number is 01475 503304 and their website is Um And we're very grateful to them for sponsoring us and um, helping us go along, do our bits and buy all our papers and all our bits and do things like these fun giveaways and things to give back to the community. Because it's all cyclical, isn't it? They sponsor us. And we buy the things and we give it to other people and other people support our podcast and our social media. So it all works out good. Just a big round circle. We're helping, <clears throat> getting helped out and people are helping. That's how it's done. That's how it works. And another Inverclyde-related thing, um, tomorrow morning there's going to be a meeting, a meeting of the Inverclyde Chamber of Commerce. Um, and what this is going to be a chance for Inverclyde businesses to sort of catch up online and have this special seminar to share the latest information, challenges, issues or ideas in tackling the pandemic. Um, you're invited along to that and tickets are still available on Eventbrite for that. It starts tomorrow morning at half past nine and runs for an hour. Um, the link is on our um, Instagram at Mouth of the Clyde and also if you get the Greenock Telegraph today, that's where we saw it and the link is, is in there in, in the paper. You can find that or go into Eventbrite and just search the Inverclyde Chamber of Commerce and you'll find that event um, but we're going to attend it tomorrow, so even if you're working or you're busy, can't attend it. We'll take some notes of it and stuff and any sort of special things. And I'm sure the Chamber of Commerce will put up bits as well, but we'll take notes of it tomorrow and we'll report back if you're not able to attend it yourself. That would be pretty awesome. Well, Will's going to attend it. Um, I, I'm, I'm busy tomorrow. I've got work to do tomorrow, but Will's going to do it, so the notes might be questionable because, as you know, Will has dyslexia, but he'll try his level best, I'm sure. I will run it through spell check and ask check. <laughs> Before I put them up, <laughs> but we'll try our best. But you might be talking about a coach, and they said couch, but it will be close enough. Yeah. Um. Are we going to start our papers now? Yes, yeah, so let's start some papers. Um. um I'll yeah. start off. Um. They were local bits. 
if you can go up the Inverclyde now thing and see what stuff's on there and I'll go through the Greenock Telegraph. As normal, we'll just explain we don't source this news. This is what we do is we get the newspapers, we go through and tell you the sort of big stories and what's being discussed. We'll just have a bit of a chat about it and if anybody's listening and want to give us their comments, either as a voice note on uh, stereo here or go on our social media and comment in, and we'll read it on the podcast. So it's not our news. Like As always, you have to buy local papers and get the full story and everything like that and, and obviously support local papers and stuff like that and support newspapers in general because... As journalists, we need the industry to be still existing when we finish our studying, so that'd be nice. Um, but we're just going through it and we'll just see what's going on and we chat about some things. We don't go through everything, just a selection of things. But the first thing that I found interesting was um, in Port Glasgow, a teenage driver was stopped at a Port Glasgow beauty spot, which I'm sure you can all imagine if you're familiar with the area where that is, um, failed a, drugs, a, a roadside drug test. Um, the officers had reason to question the youngster within the New York Castle car park around 11.40pm on Sunday. On speaking to the young driver, police say it was apparent she was intoxicated and that she was then arrested after failing a drug test. The 18-year-old is now subject to a report to the Procurator Fiscal for alleged road traffic offences. What is a roadside drug test? Like I know for like alcohol you have to breathe into the tube, but what do they do for drugs? Oh, they do this. If it's for weed in that, they do a swab of your mouth to see if you've got... Oh, what? tar sort of thing on your lips like cannabis oil you look cut there and I didn't hear you can you say what you just said again so it was cutting out for me it is when they do a swab of your lips uh-huh. for cannabis oil or your mouth to see like, if if you inhale a joint it would go in your mouth but I, that's what I think anyway what if I don't it's know not if cannabis it's... what if it's like coke or something or like if you took like, opiates or some sort of pill or something that might not be weed I look that up because yeah. that's what all I know is the lip thing. If anybody knows, if anybody's listening, they know how they do roadside drug tests. Let us know, just out of curiosity. A testing for roadside a roadside drug test is a mouth swab to check the presence of drugs, and a blue line appears on it eight minutes later to say you've tested it. Oh, they also have a police, then they would take you to the police station to do a blood test. But other things including ecstasy, LCD, ketamine, or heroin. I wonder if they did, when they do the blood test at the police station, do they have like a phlebotomist there that somebody that's trained for it, or do they call someone in to do that test? Or I wonder how that works. They'd probably call someone if they have to take a blood test. They would have to call someone in. They would have to get a nurse. No, but or... you can get a phlebotomy course where you don't need to be a nurse. You can just be like an average person can do that, and you can do that. I don't know. We should look into that and find out. I'd be interested to know about that. Same. It's a weird one. I'm just looking at other ones. You can knock it back, but they'll take you to the police station. Mm, so that's like sort of like cause for concern, I suppose. Yeah. Um, another thing that's going on locally is new homes are approved to be built on the corner of Fox Street and Finner Street beside the Annex Play Park, where apparently drawings of it show the homes are going to be single story at the front and two story at the rear. So we should keep a wee eye on that, on the progress of it being built and stuff like that, and we can go up and document that. Might be kind of cool. That was the place my football used to go in because. Oh when really? It is, yeah, I would. I, my ball would go over, and I would have to climb a big fence to get into it. I can't imagine you playing football. You're a very like, sort of short round man. I can't imagine you being like fit enough to play a game for ninety minutes. I, it wasn't ninety minutes. It was like just wee guys, like thirteen. I thought football was ninety minutes. Yeah. But when you're like a teenage, when you're like 12, 13, you have a football, you're going, we're going to play 45 minutes. Someone's going to stand and go until their mom calls them in for tea and you're just yeah. going to kick balls at them. I guess. 
Um, there's actually there's a, a thing in the Telegraph as well, but a Greenock singer songwriter who's going to be releasing a new single is uh, sort of a big deal for him. Obviously, his name's Mark McLean, and he's going to launch um read it's called read between the lines on digital platforms on Friday, sixteenth of April. Um, Mark says the song released by Eggman Records is an uplifting anthem for the dark times we live in. This new track is all about the ups and downs of life. It's built around the idea that life is like a, pre- a playground and you, you can't have the highs without the lows. <clears throat> it's a reminder that good times are always just around the corner and everything's all part of the cycle. And you can find him on Facebook at Mark McLean Music. That's good for him. Maybe he'll be famous. That'd be cool. See one day if we could try to get him on. I always like to talk to I we should listen to his music and see what it's like and see if we could if we could ask him for a little play it or something. See if we're allowed. Um there's know. something else as well though, that people might be interested in. He's probably seen this, but um starting at eight PM on Saturday, April seventeenth, until six AM on Monday, April nineteenth, there's gonna be a road closure so they can do sixteen thousand pounds worth of maintenance work. That's gonna be carried out on the Inverkip Street stretch between the A seventy eight East West Shaw Street roundabout and Sir Michael Street roundabout. And I don't have any awareness of street names, but Bracey has assured me that that is where the bus stop is at B&M and there is a roundabout, is that correct? As far as Bracey knows. There are also other go- there are going to be other roadworks in the next couple of weeks. Between what, the, the 9th of April and the 10th, and the 9th and the 12th, on Bruce Street, from like, you know the, the street where we might know someone that shouts the wrong way down a one-way road at? Yeah. That is now going the other way about, so instead of it being coming going in the way like if you're going to Luigi's it's going to be coming out from Luigi's alright okay Um, look, I've got another story for you and it's a, a wee sad tale of just a misunderstanding William okay right I'll tell you a man caught in unlawful possession of a Stanley blade said he'd been using it to craft Christmas cards Roy McDermott had the offending item in the pocket of his jeans when he went to a Greenock flat to buy drugs. He said to the police, I shouldn't have had it on me, but I was using it to craft Christmas cards. His lawyer produced one of the cards in court and said, Mr McDermott was making these for a charity to keep him out of harm's way during the day. McDermott of the Inverclyde Centre committed the offence at Prospect Hill Court on February 4th. He was fined £200 and placed on a nine-month supervision order. Just a misunderstanding. Just a man trying to do some charity with his crafting blade. He used to get one of those knives. I've got like it's a fish blade that you can't stab anyone. But the with. thing is, though, the, the point of concern for some reason was the Stanley blade in his pocket, not the the fact that he was at Prospect Hill Court buying drugs. No, because why would he have a blade on him? He just finished making these Christmas cards. He just wanted a wee joint to cool down. Calm down. I would, I would like to see the Christmas cards. I'd, I hate to, to probe on dark things as well. You should sell them Christmas cards actually <laughs> for charity so we can see them. It'd be interesting to see. I hate to focus on dark things though, but there's another stabbing that I wanted to cover because it's just quite interesting. A teenager is recovering after being stabbed during a mass disturbance in Greenock. The 15 year old boy was set upon in the fields close to Ernhill Road in Greenock around 8 pm on Saturday. Police are continuing their probe into the blade attack. Detective Sergeant Stuart Young said. The 15-year-old boy suffered a single stab wound to the buttock and was taken to the Queen Elizabeth Hospital due to his age. The injury is not life-threatening. Imagine that, stabbed in the butt. So, and that was actually a cheek then? That was getting a, a blade to the, the butt. A blade to the creftal, creftal horizon. No, that's, 
if you had jeans on, it wouldn't be as bad. If you had trackies on, that would cut right through. But imagine but he I'm... stabbed in the bum, like, and like, for that to happen to you at 15, like, for the rest of his life, he's made going to bam him up, especially when he's going to be bammed up forever. I'd be like, oh, he gets stabbed in the arse and was in a tilly. Uh, it'll be that, and he's like, he's got two bum holes now, I heard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, another story as well about this lady called Ivy, Siegf- Ivy Siegfried. She's 83 years old and she's raging about her TV licence um, because it was supposed to, obviously, we've talked about this because it makes us enraged as well. It was supposed to be abolished for people of her age, um, but nine months later it was brought back and actually increased in cost to £159. She said um, this was a huge slap in the face after being told it was getting rid of. It's an insult to injury, she said. So many senior citizens have died because of COVID. Think of what the government is saving and paying out pensions and then they're charging us for a licence fee and increasing it. It's disrespectful to everyone who died. She said we were told to stay indoors. A lot of pensioners would use a free bus pass and go around the shops, maybe meet a friend or go in for a cup of tea and come back home in the late afternoon. They weren't putting the heating on and they were saving money. During lockdown, they had to use gas and electricity and now watching TV is costing them money too. After everything we've been put through in lockdown to do this to us is terrible. Ivy said last year she would refuse to pay the fee and was willing to go to prison on a point of principle. She has kept her word, ripping up two reminders and throwing them in the bin. She said, until I take my last breath, I will not pay it. People are frightened. They will get the sheriff officers coming to their door. No one's been to mine. My family wanted to pay mine, but I told them they're not paying it for me. Good for you, Ivy. We are on your side on this. Fuck that TV licence. And there's a quote from our local MP, though, Ronnie Cowan, saying, after seeing free TV licences scrapped for the over 75s in the middle of the pandemic, the UK government have hit another new low by increasing the price. For those in Inverclyde over 75 and not in receipt of pension credit, when many of them are entitled to claim, this will be another financial blow during what are challenging times. It's vital we restore and retain free, free vital television services for older people. It's vital we get rid of the fucking TV licence. Like... Right. Somebody should tell Ivy though, nobody's going to come to your door. Like, you can just sit and relax and sit and watch Homes Under the Hammer and peace, Ivy. Nobody's going to come to your door. No, and just don't open it. Tell me you've not got a telly. It's like the young that... ones say you've not got a telly while you've still got like, the plug hanging out your mouth. Like, I've eaten it. Oh, the old eating the telly thing. Mm-hmm. Old eating the telly. That. that would be like a birthday for me. If they if them came to the door, that, that would be I a would... dream. If a TV license people came to the door, I, I would just be like excellent. I would just sit down with my bag of popcorn and enjoy it and send you at the door. Them Harry Krishna's Jehovah's Witnesses, those are my favourite too. Charity people, as you know, across the street when I see charity people on the street because I, I really yeah. enjoy talking to them. Aye, right, we've done this. Um, I want to just say as well, I don't want to cry and get upset, so I'm not going to dwell on it too much, but. Um, yesterday, sadly, um, Paul Ritter passed away. Um, he was obviously he was in Harry Potter and he was in Friday Night Dinner, probably most famously. He was in a lot of things and he was a, a stage actor also. Um, but he passed away yesterday. Um, he was only fifty four. So I was, oh, I was devastated. Like, I, I was crying my eyes out yesterday, wasn't I? Yeah, you, you came into me like really upset. I didn't have my glasses on. Didn't know what was going on. I always get frightened when when you come in. <laughs> I was I was devastated. I just went into Bracey yeah. and showed him. I couldn't even speak and it just was like bubbling. Um, but he's he died peacefully at home with his wife Polly and his sons Frank and Noah by his side. So that was nice to hear. But fifty four, that's very very young to go. That's, that is very young. That is, isn't when, it? When you say that, I always count of how many years away from me that is. Just, I know. I know actually, no, I know, but I really not old at all. Yeah. He was in Chernobyl also. I really enjoyed it. He was, he was in Chernobyl. He was, he was great in that. 
Um, do you want to go on to one of your things and then we'll move on to Nashville? We'll take it in turns today. What would you like? Would you like me to keep to around here? Because I, I was seeing... um, No, that's me finished with local news. So if you just want to move on to Scottish news, see one of your papers. I've seen that there were a party in Binney Street in Europe that got brought, having a loud party illegally a couple of days ago and the police broke it up, which is your COVID thing up in Binney Street. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep it local but not local yeah. and talk about Buckfast. Okay. The tonic wine is, is made 52 million this year alone. They've went up by it went up by seven hundred and fifty thousand this year, and about it says about thirty five percent of a of an increase from last year, and that's not even including Europe. That it's not even start with they've made so much money this year because, over what they usually do, and it's not even stopped with Scotland's adding fifty or 30, fifty pence onto their bottles and stuff like that. So they are skyrocketing, the old Buckfast. Distributors Jay Chandler and Co. revealed the the twelve percent on previous twelve months. The operating profits also hit four point five seven in the last year. And COVID hasn't even stopped people drinking buggy, which is pretty good. Have you ever drunk Buckfast? I've never drunk it. I've had the um like I've had like fudge with it in it and tablet and ice cream and stuff, but like I I think I was offered to drink a Buckfast one time and the smell of it I was like no absolutely not. Do you want to hear like they always say that west coast of Scotland it's our issue between the years of two thousand and six and two thousand and nine five thousand and sixty eight crimes in Strathclyde the word Buckfast was used in the report. Oh God! Now, have you got any actual news on about Buckfast? Like, have you got a newspaper there that you've analysed? I've got lots of news. Yeah, like give me uh, a newspaper and I'll sit and listen to you and enjoy with the, the listeners here. Right, I'm going to go back to. I know we both talked about we didn't really want to touch on Piers, but Piers was on Fox News. We took a Carlson a couple of days ago. Oh God. Two arseholes combined. Oh, we've got a comment. Alright. Have you ever fought a man on Bugfast? I went to the Bugfast Abbey on a pilgrimage to the Bugfast Abbey of another living uh, a pharmacist friend of mine. And um, the gift shop was really fucked up because it had loads of fancy knitwear, lots of cut crystal glass, and then just a big pyramid of Bugfast. It's all these like wee That's random weird. old people. It's like an actual abbey where there's monks, and old people love that sort of shit, you know. And um, yeah, it's in southern England in a really weird bit where everyone's got social anxiety about talking. And like, I was the most boisterous guy in the Bugfast Abbey. I was all like, "You," and um, yeah, no. See the thing about I feel like we should go for. I feel like we should go for a road trip to the Buckfast Abbey at some point, just to see. See, I'm interested by it also because I could imagine it being all Middle Englishers, then like every Scottish guy going down that's just tracky bottoms, like just want to see what it's made. Like it's not West Coast of Scotland has kind of made it their own, have they not? Pretty much. Yeah. 
It does look pretty so, fancy when you see it online. It looks like proper, like holy, holy looking. But it's like thirteen percent of like pure madness. It's got more caffeine in it than like three cans of three cans of coke. Like it's it's just totally wrecked the house stuff. It's mental. Like, what were you saying about Piers Morgan and Tucker Carlson? Right. So he was on and he he pointed out that there were thirteen, there were seventeen things that she said through her thing, through her interview that is not Who true. Who are you talking about? Like, uh, true about the Duchess. We're, we're right. talking about Meghan Markle he's a bit again. Of context there, you can just say words. The, the context, and they were, he's talking about the woke mob. So he came out with his big list, and he says these are the things. So untrue. So I'm going to read you the seventeen things and tell you what they've actually checked out about it. Right. Secret married three days before the wedding. The wedding certificate proved that this was false. The Archbishop of Canterbury also confirmed it was untrue. Saying I would have committed serious crime with the offence if it if it happened, it's false. Royals mm-hmm. refused Archie's birthright to be a prince. According <clears> to royal <throat> protocol dating back to nineteen seventeen, only royal offspring who are in direct line of succession can be made a prince and receive HRH titles. Archie will become a prince when Charles becomes king. Number maybe. three, maybe. Never researched Harry or looked into the monarchy. The authors of Finding Freedom said Meghan looked up Harry via via Google search on the first date. And an old school pal. That's no, that's like, you yeah. fucking like you know. I've lived in America, and I know for sure people knew who the royal family are, and they especially know Harry and William. Everybody knows Harry and William, and she's written a book. Like I mean, I think she's your age to be honest, but she would have definitely known. Yeah, she's my age. Is she? I'm gonna look it up. How old is I she? think she's a year a year older. I think she's thirty nine. So the whole idea with that is is bullshit. Also, because if you look back on her on her blog, she actually covers the wedding of Prince William's. Yeah, oh, Prince William. Yeah. Another one. Netflix deal is not part of the couple's post Megxit plan. Megan agreed with Harry. Said streaming deals were not part of their plan after quitting this as senior royals. But it has been since revealed that they have started speaking to the Quibi streaming service in early 2019. So, so they had planned to? Yeah. <laughs> Number five, had not seen our, our sister Samantha for 18, 19 years. This claim Listen, was. Diff- do we have to go through all 17? Is there any that are really interesting? Oh, that is untrue, but they were unproven and hugely exaggerated. So I can pick a few from that. I was just giving you time to have a smoke and I was going to talk a lot. No, it's just 17 lists. Like, people are sick of hearing about Harry and Meghan at this point. I don't want to like, subject them to an hour of listening to Harry and Meghan's lies because we know there's several. Um, I've got something Harry and Meghan, though, actually. They're talking about um, the Invictus thing because Harry's out making some more coin. He's getting that bag all day, every day, saying we're on Daily Mail on this. They made their first official appearance together at the Invictus Games in 2017. And last year, they signed a multi-million pound deal with Netflix. So it should be no surprise that Harry and Meghan's first show, The Streaming, Do- the Streaming Giant, is, is a documentary about Invictus. It's going to follow injured and disabled military veterans as they train for the 2022 Games at The Hague. <clears throat> um, Harry will appear on camera and is also credited as EP for Archville Productions in the firm that they both sort of started. Uh, he, he, Harry said he couldn't be more excited about the series. His role as TV producer is the latest in a series of jobs he's announced since he and Meghan gave an interview to Oprah a month ago, accusing the royal family of racism. Last month, the Prince was appointed Commissioner on Disinformation, 
with a left-wing think tank and of was examining so-called fake news and also took on the role of chief impact officer with Better Up, a Silicon Valley life coaching firm. Better Up is still refusing to say whether Harry's been paid a salary, but industry insiders are suggesting that he's more likely to have been given sort of shares and equity in the company, um, which the company's actually valued £1.25 billion, as well as dealing with Netflix. Um, Megan and Harry could make $100 million, which is £70 million. Quid. The couple have signed a deal with Spotify, so it's been worth an estimated £18 million. And Megan has also invested in a firm making wellness lattes, which, as we spoke about on Sunday, has ties to um, imprisonment camps in China for their supplies. Um, representatives for the Prince, who had vowed not to cash in on his royal credentials since the pair stepped back from royal duties and bought their £11 million, £11 million US home, said Archwell Productions is redirecting compensation they would otherwise receive for this project to the Invictus Games Foundation, which Harry set up for the injured servicemen and women. The, the Netflix series is called The Heart of Invictus, um, and uh, the people that produced it um, won Oscars and stuff like that. It's going to tell powerful stories of resilience and hope, um, blah, blah, etc. And there's another thing as well about the bike that Princess Diana used to use before she was with Prince Charles. She would ride it to work as a, job, like a nursery teacher, um, when she got engaged to Prince Charles, he says to her it was sort of shameful. They dubbed it the shame bike and said it was sort of inappropriate for a soon-to-be princess riding about on a bike. Um, it was actually a, a 1970s rally traveller. I know you've got the interest in that. Um, so she she sold it. She sold the bike to a friend's father who kept it in his garage for 27 years. And in 20, 2008, he sold that for £211. Um, it's a three-gear bike, 26-inch wheels and a pump-fitted frame. It was then sold in 2018 for £9,200 um, and it's going to be so auctioned online later this month by a Sussex-based auctioneer, Burstow and Hewitt. Um, it said the item is a famous symbol of Diana's oppression, something she loved being taken away and control over her public appearance. Um, and it's estimated that this bike could fetch up to £20,000 at auction. And as we've seen, like that's probably a low estimation because... Uh, remember I talked about the other day, the, uh, the other week actually it was a an island for sale um up in the, the sort of northwest coast of Scotland yeah. and it was near where Richard Branson's sisters got an island. So a deserted island, entirely deserted, but it was eighty thousand quid for this island. Um it recently sold for three hundred and eleven pounds. Three hundred and eleven thousand pounds. An Englishman bought it, of course, because that's what all the highlands are full of is English people. Yeah. And they hate, I'm just saying that's what we've experienced lately. It's that and it's just a little tearaway where they can go to relax away from the city. Because <laughs> I think they can come to Scotland and just stay like hunting, shooting, fishing, and they hang out as we do up here. <laughs> you continue, I'm going to have a cough and fit and get my inhaler. All right, you mentioned about Spotify. That is a wee interesting thing that I've seen on Spotify that male artists are favoured over female artists by the algorithm used by the site. Recommended songs for subscribers is a Damn international study has been found. Researchers analysed habits of 333,000 people over nine years. Just 25% of the artists listened to were women. On average, the recommended track was by a man alongside the next six tunes. So I must listen to ladies, ladies singing. Figures have already shown that female artists don't get as much exposure as males on the streaming sites. With 2020, Spotify's rap statistics shows men were the top five most streamed artists. Student author Dr. Christine Bauer says, We are showing a widely used recommended algorithm is more likely to pick music by men than female artists 
where the problem stems from beyond the music industry, online music platforms and their algorithms recommend most played mostly play a large role. Music festivals are being criticised for the lack of women on the lineups and are stepping forward this year, or mostly last year too, to try to get see, more it, ladies and more bands. See with Spotify though, like, do you go on Spotify and sort of look for Spotify to recommend things for you, or do you go on and sort of search for something or play one of your playlists or whatever? Like, I never go on and be like, right, Spotify, what have you got for me? Like, recommend something. I never do that. No, I'm I'm very strict on my ways. But I, like, I mean? saying that, though, that just makes us sound like privileged because we've got the premium thing. I, th- I remember back in the day when I used to have the free one, sometimes you just need to listen to what Spotify is giving you, think, don't you? Like, you kind of skip through ads and shit like that. I kind of like being a grown-up, though. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, I've missed my, my, three, my three skips and i got to listen to the rest of this for... I know. It's the same as as well. Now we've got the YouTube, um, whatever premium plan, whatever. Um, and I don't like. I I haven't watched a YouTube ad in over a year. I could never go back to that again. Like even if I was in the poverty line, I think that'd be one of the things I'd need to pay Spotify and YouTube. Like I can't be doing that. Right. Another one that's came up that we and you have talked about actually is old tweets online and comments could ruin children's futures. It's your police have recorded two thousand one hundred and thirty. Made by a hundred by under under seventeens is non criminal hate crime incidents, which can show up unchecked by employers when they're older. These include hostile towards religions, race, and transgender identity, and can be kept even if no hate element is proved. Tory MP John Hayes calls for, calls it disturbing. By police said comments will not be will not show up in checks unless a relevant job. People are just going to end up getting sort of like burner phone versions of social media accounts and not have any sort of ties to the real name yet because people are just going to do what they're going to do online. Have a burner account? Yeah. Because, could a you imagine? Finsta, they call that. A Finsta. A Finsta. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, when you're 11 years old, you said that uh, Michael Jordan was a fatty. Do you hate fat people? And you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's like your brain's not fully functioning until you're eighteen years old. I prob I've said some stupid things before I was probably thirty and You say some I'm stupid things then you're almost forty. Aye, but at least it's good that I can't spell or this would have been all over Facebook and stuff and I would have made a much bigger idea of myself. Yeah. Um, the BBC are getting slagged again, by the way, because Jason Leach was on yesterday it was a coronavirus briefing as I usually is. Um, and as we're used to now, it being broadcast on BBC and they just cut away from it whenever it sort of suits them. Um, so the journalists were on asking questions to the First Minister. Then it went to Jason Leach, um, who... <clears throat> God almighty, sorry. It cut away to Jason Leach, who's about to answer questions about COVID and about the sort of blood clotting issue with the AstraZeneca vaccine and everything. Um, the BBC News Channel cut off and replaced it with a pre-recorded interview with Boris Johnson and BBC One Scotland channel went to uh, an interview with Douglas Ross. Um, they went to BBC Scotland <clears throat> online viewers saying, absolutely shocking to cut short the COVID, experts answering media questions. Can someone, anyone explain why today's COVID briefing by Nicola Sturgeon on BBC was cut short? Just as questions about to be answered by Jason Leach, the National Clinical Director, to cut to studio quote-unquote analysis. The BBC spokesperson said, COVID briefings in the election period will be covered in this way on BBC One in Scotland. Throughout the pandemic, we have covered significant news stories and developments for our audiences across all of our output. And this comprehensive reporting will continue. So it's not comprehensive reporting, really. The BBC One Scotland channel exists for Scottish viewers. And Scottish viewers, I'm guessing at that time, would much prefer to see 
the First Minister and the Chief Medical Director answer questions about a global pandemic and how it's affecting them rather than see a pre-record with fucking Douglas Ross. I mean, who ever wants to see Douglas Ross for any given reason whatsoever? Not at all. He's not the man for... So there's so much of that stuff. Like, my paper was... I'd cut out some stuff with studying and stuff too. Um, I've got a thing on We Ginger Dog as well, you know, Paul Kavanagh. Oh, I like Paul Kavanagh. I've met I like guy. Paul Kavanagh. He's a good guy. Um, he is unfortunately stepping back from his blog, from his social media and stuff like that over the course of the next couple of weeks um, to the elections finished. Um, he's always like sort of going through like, abuse and stuff like that, like trolls and everything, or always coming at him for various reasons, for independence and for his personal life and all that sort of stuff. Um, as you know, he unfortunately had a severe stroke back in October. Um, and that's affected his mobility and, and all that sort of stuff and prompted other health problems from unfortunately. Um, he was able to get sort of public support and raise funds to get himself a new home for him and his husband so he can go through his recovery and, and live in like, a sort of single story because he was living in a flat previously and it was too hard to get his like um, equipment and wheelchair, whatever he needed, into his flat. So he's been able to get the funds. I think he's moving somewhere in Ayrshire or somewhere. Um, <clears throat> but he said his recovery is now going into reverse because the amount of stress he's getting from hate from people. I um <clears throat> on his blog, you know, I've always prided myself on resilience and my ability to stand up to bullies. Unfortunately, I've been finding it difficult to accept this since the stroke. I no longer have the physical, mental, or emotional resources I once had, and I'm finding the current atmosphere extremely difficult to deal with. So sadly, look, we're not going to have the you know <clears throat> the writing of like somebody that's very knowledgeable, very talented, and a sort of asset to Scotland and the political landscape over the course of the election. Somebody to be really helpful. Maybe some people that aren't yeah. really that savvy with politics and stuff and looking for that kind of opinion analysis from somebody like that, and he's not going to be there just because of fucking trolls. It's, he's not well too, but this has not helped him anything I, at all. I mean, his health needs to come first, like his physical, mental health, well-being, and all that. Yeah. He needs to put himself first, and hopefully like him and his husband will be able to have a bit of a rest, come back when this is all over, and, and go back to what he loves, because he's a fantastic writer, he's absolutely brilliant, so yeah. I hope he comes back to his blog, and he writes for National stuff as well, I'm not sure where that's going to stop over the next couple of weeks, Um, I'd imagine so, but he, he's been supported online by, <clears throat> uh, and you know, Dr Ruth Wisher has is, is sort of comforted him on social media, and told him to concentrate on his health, and SNP MP Richard Thompson, Hannah Bardell, everybody's come out saying, look after yourself, you know, focus on yourself, just forget about all this, um, so I I hope he's sort of alright and just has the rest that he needs. It's terrible. No, we got a comment through <clears> that too. Well, I, play, right. I think the person's gone now. But oh, what's going on, everybody? It's your man came in back again, mate. Yeah, back yeah, again. Yeah. What's going on, mate? What's going on? And yeah, mate, I wonder if that pussy hole fucking Fred is going to be in here tonight, the little bitch. Alright, okay, man, we've missed you, so we have. I don't think Freddy's in tonight, but I hope he comes in because I like to hear he's having a fight. Brightens my day. What have you been up to, K-Man? You, you, when did your band finish? We've missed you being on here. He now has a new name, which is Chris. Oh, does he? Suck your, Chris Suck Your Ma. Oh, good. So he's, he's keeping it nice. So I know that you were talking political stuff there, right? Mm. So um, should I keep on that or should I take a big turn? It's you, so take your big turn and I'll bring it back to politics when I'm when it's my turn. Well, I'll keep it on things that we've talked about today. We were talking about Subway. Do you know what Subway has added onto their, their conveyor now? What you can get as a packet, like when they're asking, do you want salad, do you want that? They've added Walker's Crisps. Well, a crisp sandwich? 
Yeah, so like after you've got all your meat and your cheese, they could be like, do you fancy some crisps on that? That is now a thing because they said I that would people have that. that. I'd have a big salad sandwich with crisps. I fully would. It sounds great. Like I've, yeah. I used to have cheese and crisps, but they're going to keep that going until the 23rd. And May. they've started it at the beginning. They started it on April 1st because they thought people would think it's a joke anyway. But now that this is the 54th ingredient, like people's been asking for this for years, but since it was an American company, they were like, they want what? Mm. And they've went ahead with it. And it's actually selling really well. It says one in ten subs is getting crisps. <laughs> people like a crisp sandwich. It's good. Um, <clears throat> there's a whole thing here, so I'm going to go to it just very slightly, but if I can urge people, there was a, a study by Ipsos Mori today, you know, the polling people, if you go on their website, you yeah. see a study, um, they surveyed a whole bunch of people on their voting intentions as of this moment for the upcoming Scottish election, um, that's coming on May the 6th, so no long to go for that, we'll be here sooner than you think, um, but the, the headline in the national, Tories fear they will lose seats to Salmon and Galloway, Scottish Conservatives fear losing up to six seats to George Galloway's All for Unity Party and are also concerned over further possible losses to Alex Salmon's Alaba Party. This is a survey by Panel panel Base. This is not the Ipsos Mori one, this is Panel Base. Um, the survey for them on Sunday put support for the new pro-UK party at 4%, with backing for Alex Salmon's new independence party at 6%. Tories believe the situation could leave them vulnerable in central Scotland and south of Scotland regions where they picked up the final seats in 2016. With 4% support, they would co- that would cost us five or six seats, said an, unconfirmed, an unnamed party source. Their support is coming disproportionately from us. That's before you take into account Alaba on the list, which increases the competition for the remaining seats. It's a double whammy. The most likely scenario in the south of Scotland is Galloway will take out a Tory, not get elected and put a Green Nationalist in instead. Um, the leader of the All for Unity party suggested that, that could re- the support could even rise to 14% or higher. He said, we are not the vote splitters. The vote splitters are the three main unionist parties who are refusing to stand down candidates who have absolutely no hope of winning in constituencies. The Tories have spent the last few days indulging in self-centred attacks on All for Unity when they could have been attacking the SNP. The panel-based survey also made grim reading for Scottish Tory leader Douglas Ross showing his approval rating down seven points in the past months compared to minus 23. Um, in the past months, two minus 23, sorry. And that's the lowest of any leader of any political party in Scotland. So he is the most hated. Um, that is due to his lackluster performance, apparently, in the BBC uh, leaders' debate last week. We've obviously got an upcoming one of them on Tuesday, which we will be watching on Tuesday, and we'll do a special edition of Mouth of the Clyde um, round up after that on Tuesday night, probably late on, probably a bit of sort of time. Um, but he didn't do two performances in that last week. Um, Anna Sarwar of Scottish Labour told Douglas Ross to grow up. And Monday he was forced to deny that he'd been sidelined in the campaign in favour of former leader Ruth Davidson, who is not standing for re-election because she's going to the House of Lords. She um, is going to be the face of the Tory campaign, even though she's not running in it. Um, and the reason for this is because Douglas Ross <laughs> True story has got a second job as a football referee, which he's apparently prioritising and and doesn't have the time to do this. And so they're using Ruth Davidson as the face for this because I guess, I mean, if you've got to compare, if you've got to compare, you know, apples and oranges, people apparently like her more than Douglas Ross. If you really have to pick someone between them, and the SNP have joked that duty second job, um, Douglas Ross has been sent to the subs bench. So. It's all coming out. The next month is going to be absolute fucking craziness with this election coming up, but 
and I'll leave the ship debate coming Tuesday night. We'll watch that so you don't have to watch it and we'll report back. It's probably going to be a pile of dog shit. Can I mention two things there? Because you brought George Galloway. Yeah. What is the name of his party? All for Unity. Because the way I seen it today, it had a four in it. And to me... I think they call it AFU, like, or A4U or something. That's a bit boy bandy. Like, I hate George Galloway. Like, I'm, I'm not going to skip about here. Like, I think I watched a documentary where he was, where his whole thing was he wanted to try to citizens arrest Tony Blair for being a war criminal. And he was, yeah. And he was wearing like a 1950s hat and a big overcoat and he was walking about. That's and he, it, it that's just... what he does, that's his stick. Um, this leadership debate, though, is going to be on STV this time. Um, next Tuesday, it's going to be on half seven at night till 9 pm. That's April the 13th. Uh, and it's going to be their political editor, Colin Mackay, is taking that. And they are under criticism just now because um, the participants in this are going to be Nicola Sturgeon for the SNP, Douglas Ross from Scottish Conservatives, Anna Sarwar from Scottish Labour, Willie Denny from the Lib Dems, and Patrick Harvey, Patrick Harvey for the Greens, whereas last time they had Lorna Slater up for the Greens, Patrick Harvey becoming this time. Um, debate's going to begin with opening statements from each party leader, followed by discussion, cross-examination between the leaders and a closing statement. It's going to be streamed live with analysis and discussion continuing on Scotland tonight, later that evening at 10.40, so we'll watch that and that's when we'll be podcasts when that finishes. Alex Salmond has not been invited to take part in this, despite writing to STV, urging them to include his Alaba party. In a series of Scotland Tonight specials, Colin Mackay will carry out one-to-one leaders' interviews, which will also be available for catch-up on the STV player. Um, and again, the election special will air between... 4pm and 7pm and 8pm to 8.30 on Friday, May 7th, if you want to watch the actual election coverage on STV. And speaking on the election, they've got a, a comment, opinion piece by um, Neil Hanvey MP, um, who was once an SNP MP down in Westminster. He's now going to be running for the Alaba Party for, uh, well, he is an independent for the Alaba Party in, in Westminster now. Um, but he's speaking on the Scottish election um, on the reason that people should vote, use their second vote, um, to the Alba party instead of the SNP. Um, I'll just read you a, b- a brief quote for that and, and because we've done a poll on Mouth of the Clyde for this. The quote from Neil Hanvey is, I accept that some of you may have anxieties about the Alba party having backed one party to deliver independence for so long. It's hard to switch to a multi-party approach. In my own area of Mid-Scotland and Fife, more than 120,000 list votes for the SNP in 2016 failed to deliver a single SNP MSP. This isn't about choosing the SNP or Alaba. We're asking you to choose the SNP and Alaba. This is a logical way to make our list votes count. A slim SNP majority or making both your votes count towards a supermajority for independence, that is the offer before you. So let's rediscover the spirit of 2014 and take a big step forward towards independence. Will you join me and maximise the yes vote? And we put up a wee poll on that to see what most of the Clyde viewers' opinion on that is. And if they... I put the exact quote that I just read to you there with the question, will you consider voting for the Alba party? At um, time of broadcasting, we've had 14 responses, 100% no. So that's where our listeners' minds are at just now. <laughs> if any the listeners get any alternative views to that or want to say why or what they think of all this, um, please do comment on, tell us what you think. think are you looking forward to this leadership no. debate on Tuesday? I love it. It's not as good as the Americans, but we do it all right. Yeah, we'll be... The- It'll be a laugh, Yeah. To let them walk about, I'd be more interested. Um, Remember we were talking last week as well, I think we were talking to Freddie about it actually, about how, in in Frizzle as well, I think it was Sunday, we were saying how the, um, in schools that we should be taught about like slavery and and all that sort of stuff and that it shouldn't be sort of restricted what we're taught. 
Um, the Scottish Greens are actually ne- now setting up proposals for pupils to be taught quote-unquote decolonised account of UK history alongside a focus on climate crisis across the curriculum for excellence. Um, this comes after young people have voiced concerns over not being taught about the extent of climate crisis or what action can be taken to solve the problem. Last year, the Black Lives Matter protests and growing calls for removal of statues linked to slavery across the UK also led to charities and campaigners um, calling for fuller awareness of Scotland's historic involvement in the slave trade and British Empire. So well, that's one of the Greens' big things for this election. Is um, So wh- wh- what do you think of this? I agree that as, I'll be honest, right, the, our street name has something to do with slave, slavery. Well, it's Jamaica Street, you can say it. Yeah, I just didn't want people to stalk us. But, um, <laughs> Who's going to do that? Who knows? But and for years, as a wee boy and stuff, walked around here, I was like, why do we have a street called Jamaica Street? Like, what's that all about? It wasn't until... You thought it was the cake? I, I either thought it was a cake or people really liked Jim. Like Bob Marley or something. Like, I didn't have a fucking clue. It wasn't until there were like a wee documentary on like BBC, and they were going on about all the different names like Sucky Hall, and like I can't remember. There are so many of them. It's all got to do with slavery. Mm-hmm. And that's just a wee town in you know a wee town in Scotland. And we've well, we've got massive links to it because we had the sugar company here. Yeah. Oh, I can't even remember the name of it. Wasn't Here for years, and that was all grown in plantations. Well, because we we might have not had slaves here, it didn't mean that we didn't have slaves. If you know what I mean, they weren't ones walking about the gibby, but because yeah. of what we owned, we were we still had them. It's mental. Yeah. Like it, See if I can say something as well on the the national today. But as you guys all know, if he's listening regularly, we buy the papers for this podcast. We go through them all. We pick out stories and everything. We chat about them. Um, we spend like a decent amount of money every week, don't we? We probably spend like fifty pound a week upwards on oh, newspapers yeah. because we buy like a, we buy a full selection of views. We don't just buy things that we agree with. We buy like a full range and present all the stories to you guys so that you know fully what's going on from everybody's point of view. So we we really make an effort on that. Today we bought the national and there was a printed out picture that somebody had cut out from like an at-home printer and just inserted into the paper. I don't know how many papers have done this to, um, but it was actually a picture of, I don't know if you remember, the billboard that we talked about that was set up in Inverclyde a while ago by, by uh, I guess, a, a political group um, against independence and against the, the SNP. The billboard saying, education, not separation, stop failing our kids, First Minister. Um, so there was a, a print-out picture of that that was scrolled up and inserted into the National I don't know how many other papers it was put into, but if you're experiencing anything like that, you, you can get in touch with us and let us know. We've contacted um, Tesco and spoke to their customer services team and we've now been, we've escalated up to speak to somebody different um, and contacted their media team as well. So we're going to be looking into that and getting a response from it. We've contacted the National as well and we're going to be looking into that because that's absolutely known. You should be able to buy whatever you want without, especially in the lead up, lead up to an election, you should be able to buy the papers that you want to buy without having some sort of political discourse like sort of thrown at you. That's, I don't think that's appropriate. I was about to tell you what that was, Ash, but due to the fact that I've read 20 stories already on the National and you don't tell you if it won't let me tell you any information. Aye, we know what it is anyway. I'm not going to give people any more attention. We know who it is. We've covered it. Like, we're not going anywhere, so I'm going to move on. Um, you know how I like to cover weird things that are for sale and for auction and stuff? There is a caravan and camping site on the shores of Loch Ness. If somebody's oh. got a two million quid that you fancy buying, 
something I think I saw Jill was on Whiskey Chaser. I don't know if she's still here, but Jill, you get two million quid, you could buy a wee camping site if you have a big holiday. Um, the Visit Scotland five star rated Loch Ness Shores is on sale for offers over £2 million. It is set immediately adjacent to the waters of the east side of the loch and it is one of only three locations with direct access to it. It is presently a camping and caravanning club triple C franchise site, but it's up for sale for the first time because the franchise is coming to an end and the owner is retiring. Sector Specialist Colliers is marketing the the 18.9 acre site. Richard Moss, head of UK Parks Agency at Collier, said the location is one of the world's most renowned tourist destinations and the popularity of the area, including those coming to spot Nessie, shows no signs of abating. Loch Ness was recently voted as having the best views in Britain. The Loch Ness shore site has been thoughtfully developed by the vendors from scratch and now offers a purchaser a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to benefit from the growing demand and sustained popularity of UK touring, glamping and short-stay markets. If you had that amount of cash, it'd probably be a good thing to buy just now because people are fucking hoaching to get to Scotland and today we've trips and stuff like that. People are just desperate for anything. So if you've got two million quid, buy yourself a wee campsite. That would be great. I would be up there. I would be called it Nessie Watch. I would be like, come here at 25 past two in the afternoon. You will see Nessie from this bit, but you've got to pay £50 to stand here. It would be. Yeah. Taking all the money from the Americans. I should have actually brought this up earlier. I'd imagine you'd have seen this as well since you were talking about Buckfast or other national drink, Iron Brew. AG Bar, who makes Iron Brew, has confirmed its plans to be carbon net zero by 2040. The maker of Iron Brew has unveiled its No Time to Waste initiative and has set out a 10-year target ahead of the UK's proposed 2050 deadline. Um, it's also confirmed that Iron Brew and Rubicon will be in 100% recycled plastic bottles by spring 2022. Bringing together multiple energy, packing and waste initiatives under one collective banner, the campaign aims to publicly reinforce the company's desire to increase sustainability and ultimately reduce environmental impact. So, good for Iron Brew. I do like Iron Brew. Well, we've got a comment. Oh, do we? It's from Jill. Oh! Who is now Jill and not Whiskey Chaser. Oh! I see that's just a tiny wee bit over my budget. I've got oh. £12 in my bank. <laughs> We could all chip in together. Maybe we can get it. We were student loan today, so we've got six hundred pounds. So we bit from Joe. We bit from us. We can buy a campsite for sure. Do we have, could we move your Moz caravan? Do you think the caravan's going to be on it? Do you think we're getting caravans with it? I probably because it's like the franchise is coming to an end and the person's retiring, so they probably want to keep it as a campsite. And you'd probably be able to just take over everything that's already there. You just sort of own it on paper. You wouldn't really need to do very much. There's probably like staff in place. Um, remember how the other day you were moaning about how the proclaimers are supporting Alibaba, and you've kind of went in a wee huff about it. Aye. There's a reader's letter in for the National. I know this isn't news, it's just reader's letter, it's just an opinion, but I thought you'd be interested in this since you were moaning about it. Um, F. Harkness has sent an email to the National. I've been a great fan of the Proclaimers. Their lyrics often reflect my own views and experience of Scotland's history and culture. After all, what's not to like? I went to school in Leith. I was born and grew up within walking distance of Easter Road and often walked that walk. I went to Fife to find a wife. As a youngster, I even wrote letters from America, but I couldn't bring myself to cast a vote for someone to be allowed to return to a workplace where he admitted he has behaved inappropriately. Where guidance was reportedly given that he shouldn't be left alone with female staff members, our Scottish Parliament should provide a comfortable and safe working environment for all. I am not a member of any political party, but if the price of independence is a vote for a party that ignores the right of people to work free from embarrassment or intimidation in the seat of our democracy, I think that is a too high a price to pay. I'm disappointed the Reed brothers don't seem to agree with that. Yeah, Charlie <clears throat> and whatever your brother's called. Is it Charlie Charlie and Craig? Aye. Think about it, Charlie and Craig. Look. Bear in mind, though, that Alex Salmon was cleared of all charges. Like, that wasn't, that didn't come to anything. Oh, yeah. 
It was actually the Scottish government that was it was found to be in fault there, not Alex Salmond. So. Was he not? Was it not not proven? Or was it not clear? Was he fully cleared? Fully cleared, yeah. All right, I'll be quiet there. So another thing, because it's in the news, I get to talk about it. Oh God! That they are now a new name thrown into who's going to be Doctor Who. Salad on mute while you talk about this. I'll give you two minutes. All right. So, as you might know, I'm a massive Hoovian. So, I always like to see whose name gets thrown up every year because this is the third year in most Doctor Who's go for what is referred to as the three series limit, which was put there by Patrick Troughton. He says, You do three years and you leave. So, this is Jodie Whittaker's third year. So, everyone's saying that she's going to leave before the 60th anniversary. So, this time, because also they've been said that it's going to be another lady doctor. So we now have the name of Kelly McDonald from Train Spot and, and other such things. You know who she is. She was also in, she was the ghost of Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw in, in Harry Potter. So her name has been put in and she's Helena. now went, Helena. And she's been down to 60, 61 in the bookies thing. But that doesn't matter. Chris Marshall's back there, as usual, and that guy from. You told them anyway. What? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't his kids, but he loves them anyway. Do you know who would be a good lady Doctor Who? Tilda Swinton. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson would. Emma Thompson would be amazing because she would bring gravitas. She would be the same sort. She would have a a Tom Baker esque feel to her. She would, she would bring it back. I agree. I would be all over Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson would just be great at everything. I just love her. Yeah, I could see Emma Thompson being, look what, Capaldi was for them, like the kind of older statesman, like bringing it back to like what it should be. And seeing Emma Thompson like moving about, that would be what that would be. Yeah, I'm done with Thompson. Um, I've got some wee like. No silly stories, but no, no news exactly. Just points of interest. If you we might go through that, or do you might just stay on news. Points of interest. This is where we get to like have a wee laugh about it. Right, it's about dogs and being clever, good boys and girls. Um, so we've we've heard stuff like this before that dogs have got the sort of language skills of a two year old child. It says the average dog can learn and recognise up to one hundred and sixty five words, including signals and gestures, which is similar to a two an average two year old. Um, and sort of more quintile dogs, that sort of more specialist, like smart dogs, that working dogs, can learn up to 250 sort of words and gestures. And as you talked about the other week, dogs' nose prints are as unique as a human fingerprint. And a dog can smell human emotions. And there was a study done that humans were sitting watching different types of movies. <clears throat> and then scientists collected their sweat and showed it to the dogs. And the dogs, um, when they smelled sweat of humans that were scared, showed more signs of like stress and being upset. And when they were given the sweat of people that were happy, they were all sort of happy and neutral and, and like calm and stuff like that. Um, and puppies are born deaf, but develop hearing four times as strong as humans by the time they're adults. And also there's a thing saying as well that dogs can actually be dominant of whatever paw they want. It could be left or right. What they'll do is they'll observe they're human. And if you're right-handed, chances are that your dog will be right paw dominant. And like I was talking to Bryce about that and how that if we try and shake Max's hand or like get a high five, 
he won't do it if I like show, if I offer him my, my left hand and try to give him like, a handshake, he won't do it only with my right hand. So I think he knows that's the way to do it. I think he's a clever boy. Is that why I never get a paw? Probably because you're left-handed, yeah. Also because he know- likes to show you. Have you noticed about Marley though? Marley is a left-handed dog. Is he? Paw well left, yeah. Clever boy. I told him that. I didn't. I'd never thought of it that because it would always go to my hand, so I would just be like, "He's a good boy." But yeah. Max, I got to use the other hand. Um, there's a study done as well. A Scandinavian scientist have done a study, um, showing that women are more likely to feel the like regret after a one night stand than a man will. Um, and they're also more likely to be disappointed about the quality of the man or of the act involved. And I saw a thing yesterday on TikTok. And this girl was saying that she's a lesbian and she's got like her her, her friendship group was all men mostly, um, and they've like told her stuff over the years of like how men think and stuff like that, what men do. And she said what her male friends have told her is that after a guy has sex with you and like, after he completes arrives at the station, whatever you want to say, as soon as he's done that, he doesn't find the girl attractive for like five to ten minutes after, like that he, that he loves her and stuff still, and that that, that he's almost like. Like, turned off by her doesn't find her sort of attractive in, in that moment. Is that your experience? Like, is that true or is that TikTok bullshit? I'll, I'll be honest, like, I'll put it onto like non TikTok work night stand. After I've like had a wank, like, I'll feel grotty for like a good couple of minutes afterwards and be like, then I'll come to a normal, a normal feeling after that. You know what I mean? But have you ever had that with women that after you've slept with them and like when you finish you're kind of like oh oh mm. usually I have to go get a towel or something if you want to be careful like... oh no but um no I know that feeling I know that like, you've just done that and you're like but does that not go into that weird thing we were talking about before about the whole and princess feeling like how mm-hmm. men will is that what it's called is it whole Madonna whore thing, you talking about? Madonna whore thing? Is that not that? You say whore and princess. Whore and princess, I said, not Madonna. Um, there's a, and I think actually that George Osborne has announced his engagement in the Times today. Oh, George he, Osborne. He's getting married to Thea, or Thea, Tia Rogers. Um, <clears throat> George Osborne, obviously, former Chancellor. He's 49 years old. Thea Rogers or Tia Rogers, whatever, is 39 years old, 10 years younger. She's an executive at Deliveroo and was a former advisor to George Osborne. Um, it was announced in the forthcoming marriages section of the Time today. It, say, it says, Miss T. Rogers and Mr. G. Osborne, the engagement is announced between Thea and George. Um, she is a graduate of Oxford University and a former journalist at the BBC who worked um, as an advisor to Osborne while he was in government, and she's expected to earn a multi-million pound payout from last week's stock market listing of Deliveroo, a company she uh, joined in 2017. The couple moved to Somerset last year and expecting their first child in the summer. Osborne, a former editor of the Evening Standard, has two children, Luke and Liberty, with his wife of 21 years, Frances Howell, whom he divorced in 2019, and the pair apparently remain good friends despite the split, if you're at all interested in that. So he's thought this out. Like, I, I've did some bad dating in my time, but I have dated a girl that right, worked in a Chinese restaurant. And that was free Chinese. Right, well, she's but, an executive at Deliveroo and she's worth millions of pounds, so it's kind of different um, than you <laughs> being dating the lassie that answers the phone. 
<laughs> but he, but I guess his delivery would be free though. Well, they're both multi-millionaires, so yeah, it might so matter. He's a conservative, Ash, that he's watching his pocket. Um, they, they're still going to have to heed, by the way, about this SQA situation because the SQA are trying to tie themselves into knots and, and word every type of different way they can, saying that um, teachers have to uh, administer um, closed book assignments under a high degree of supervision and control, which in layman's terms is an exam. Um, but they're saying it's not an exam because they've cancelled exams for last year and this year because of COVID. And what they're doing is a holistic grading approach. But they've wanted a quote, I'll say it again, closed book, high degree of supervision conditions assignment. That's an exam, darling. What yeah. the fuck? The SQ are scum. They really, really are scum. The things the SQ have put me through in, in my time is not good. Same. I'm hoping that I can get through an HND without actually sitting any real exams. Yeah, that would be that, nice. Or one of those big giant like, things we did before that I can't remember the name of, the one that you. it takes you about eight weeks to do. Um, I've got three wee silly... I've actually got four wee silly things in here as well. Um, first one being the, the management of Glasgow Edinburgh Airport's um, are calling for duty-free shops for arrivals so they can boost their sales. AGS Airports, which runs Aberdeen, Glasgow and Southampton, has written to Chancellor Rishi Sunak um, and their local MPs to highlight this possible jobs boost and revenue source um, because how it works actually is that they don't pay rent for the property they've got in the airport. They give a proportion of their sales to the airport instead of rent, which I had no idea about. And a wee quick thing as well is the attendance ARE departments has fell to the second lowest level on record in February with 80,423 patients, almost 48,000 fewer than the month, the same month last year, just before the pandemic. That's latest figures from NHS Scotland. Only April 2020 was lower. At the same time, 13.8% of patients had to wait more than four hours to be seen, with 1,786 of them forced to wait more than eight hours. You would for sure, like, I, I mean... Like, I was one of these people because I've got like a whole bunch of health conditions. Like there'd be quite often where I'd have to go to the hospital for like, my blood sugars or for pain or whatever, just for a wee quick thing to get dealt with or something to be admission. But in the past year, I think I've went one time, and that's only because I absolutely fucking had to. Like throughout this whole thing, like you just you wouldn't go. Like you would date everything you possibly could to avoid going. Was that a broken bone? Why you had to go up? It was, yeah. Uh, I've got a silly question for the first thing there. Yeah. What is your What is your favorite airport you've been in? Um, what's that one I like that's got the sort of garden in the middle of it? Is it Abu Dhabi or Dubai? No, it's not Dubai. It's the other one. It might... Or maybe or Kuala Lumpur. I think it's Kuala... Okay. Aye, Kuala Lumpur. It is Kuala Lumpur. What's your favourite one? I've not been to that many. Like the ones like being an adult that I've been to is I've been to Atlanta, which I'd like, which was I think is the biggest one in America due to I, the fact I've, of I've been to Atlanta before, just uh, in transit. Yeah, but the the one to my heart that I always remember is New York Airport because mm-hmm. when I got off the plane and got on the wee like monorail thing, mm-hmm. I got on it with two sassy black dudes that were just talking in a Hasidic Jew, and I was like, I am in America. Yeah, like, this, this is where I. Yeah, <laughs> like I just knew, and I was like, this is awesome. Um, another wee quick one I've got is. The average British dog has gained 3.3 kilograms since the start of the pandemic because their owners have been home with them 
and being given them more treats, more treats and taking them for less walks. And that's according to a study commissioned by Guide Dogs. And the survey commissioned uh, 1,500 owners um, who also raised concerns that dogs have had less socialising with other pets during lockdown, with many left feeling lonely and isolated as a result. My dog definitely hasn't gained weight in lockdown. And I was sitting to Bryce, we were talking about earlier, I feel like Max has probably had more walks in lockdown than he would normally have, because it's a weak excuse for us to get out and... Like if me and Bryce go and get the, the grocery shopping, you'll take Max for like a walk. So like he's he's definitely getting more and he's definitely getting more like more time with us. Like he's not been socialising with other dogs as much. Like he'll see them on his walk, but he won't have like his doggy friends and stuff over us because of the rules and stuff. But he hasn't gained weight. He has had a lot of treats though. On on treats thing today that we had some treats though. We went to because we were talking about getting get our student loan today, I wanted to try Biggie's Biggie, what's it? Biggie Smart? Scoops. Biggie Scoops, because we're like, it's round the corner. It's a Tuesday, it's a Wednesday night. Not many people would have been there. Let's go for it. So we went okay, and got. Biggie Scoops, if MD and Inverclyde is listening, you've not been, go. It's absolutely excellent. It's very high quality, very tasty food. And is your friend, isn't it, that you said something about your friend is a cook the or person, something? The person that does the cakes. <clears throat> and the cakes are my... beautiful. I'll just get her name. I think we both follow her on Facebook. The uh, is it Christine's Cakes from Port Glasgow? I wonder, we, I wonder if we could maybe interview her or something because it's absolutely excellent. The cakes are so delicious. Mm. The waffle was beautiful. I had um, what's called like a Kinder Trio box. So I had a half waffle which had um, milk and white chocolate melted on it, and one of them Kinder Hippos on it, and I also had. Um, milk chocolate cookie dough within the box as well and three churros and all of this had like milk and white chocolate drizzled all over it and the wee chocolate um, thing mate it was so delicious it had like Nutella and stuff on it we like nut things there was like a tub of caramel that I got as extra and there was them like them like wrap snacks what are they called hold on wrap snack icon crisps and I got the Notorious B.I.G. barbecue ones they're so tasty and then we've got like, a massive slice of cheesecake in there we've got Reese's cupcakes it's so good you have to go I was worried that it was just going to be a gimmick and not be that good and I was actually mm-hmm. blown away I got a big a big waffle for myself I actually shared half of it with a dog that's probably why you sleep in the end of your bed which was... Do you know he ate some of my, my vegan kebabs? He was in here just sniffing, sniffing. I had about two or three bits of the, the diced chicken from the kebab, and Max ate the rest. Like, he absolutely loves like, vegan food. He's such a weirdo. Because, see, at night when I have my tea, I put down a tray on my bed, and I put a towel down on top of it so we don't make a mess. And Max sits at one side of the tray, and I sit at the other. Then I put those things down on, like, if he wants it, I would put it on the towel, and he would eat it, and we, we sit and we have... Romantic, romantic dinners together. There's another thing here as well about Tinder. It says Tinder daters are increasingly looking for innocent types of physical contact, such as hand holding or cuddling instead of sex. There's been a 23% increase in users asking about cuddling. The dating app said after experiencing months without physical contact, daters have come to greatly appreciate the smallest moments of physical affection. That's kind of interesting that some people don't want to like hook up anywhere. They just want like a wee Korean. I guess so. People just like a wee hug. Yeah. Like in my in my weird ways, that like, when I get to sit in a room with both of you, I fall asleep because I feel like super comfortable of just like nice. people being about. You know that yourself. You just thought I thought you were boring, but it's just the the safety and the comfort of like being able to put a foot on Bryce and a hand on you, and I'll just pass out and feel. See, feel speaking of that, 
I'm going to go do that right now because it's 20 past 12 and I've got work in the morning. I'm going to go curry into Bricey. I'm going to go take your bins and get your dog out. That's a good idea. Um, but everybody listening, thank you so much. And thank you to our sponsors at Inverclay Boiler Company. If you guys are listening and you want to win some prizes, we've got a giveaway we're going to be announcing the winner this Saturday. Over £150 worth of stuff from all the local businesses here in Inverclyde. Go into that. You're going to want to win it. It's going to be a brilliant one. It's going to be so, so good. So go into that. Come on Instagram and chat to us. We love chatting to you. We appreciate yeah. it all so much. Thanks to K-Man and Zippy for coming. And to Jill, you're our favourite and we love you so much. And we're going to go now and go to our bed and have curries in. But we're going to be back. We'll be back on Saturday night. I'm going to watch NXT. So I'll be up all night. All right. Well, have a good night, guys. Have a good week. We'll speak to you at the weekend. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you later. See you later. Bye-bye now. Bye.